0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Vitamins for Breakfast, season three. Vitamins for Breakfast is the platform for you, the listener, to come and get connected with real people, get inspired, and just feel less alone in the battles of everyday life. This season, I feature amazing women that boldly share their experiences, aspirations, and motivations to help you the listener stand a little taller in your own skin so without further ado let's get some vitamins on this episode of vitamins for breakfast let's get started Today's guest is a woman that I had the pleasure of meeting on set for a television show. She walked in a stranger and left being a positive influence in my life. Her ability to be so open about her failed relationship, recent career change, and rediscovering herself made me feel so connected to her. Chelsea is someone that I met on set of a television show, like I said, and she walks in and initially the first thing that I noticed is that she's curvy and I'm like, wow, she's white and she's curvy. So the first thing I'm like, wow, she has a body on her. And then she comes in a little late. I'm like, damn, this girl walked in like she doesn't even care. She walked in so late. I was there so early with my paperwork all filled out. She walks in like she doesn't give a fuck. And I'm like, excuse me walks in, she has this curvy body, they, they, they set her up, you know, they get her, like her clothes or like they check out to make sure that her clothes was appropriate for the scene, and the first thing I noticed, is I'm like, this girl is so confident, and you initially came off so confident, and it's the first thing that I noticed, I'm like, for, because for me, I have a complex of like, when you're curvy, or you're a curvier woman, it's kind of like, you have to, not be insecure, but if you are confident, it's noticed. So it was the first thing that I noticed, I was like, wow, like she's rocking her curves and she seems so comfortable with herself, which is something that I feel like a lot of women who are curvy or let's say more heavy set kind of shrink themselves a little bit. So it was nice to see you to walk in there and seem like so confident and comfortable. And then nothing, I didn't think anything of it. And then when we were leaving set, we're both heading towards the same direction, which was to get on the train to go to Brooklyn. And she's like, hey, are you going? She's showing me her phone, like, hey, are you going to this place? And I'm like, I am going to that place, which is a train. And we ended up talking on the train, and it was such a good conversation that I had to bring her on to give you guys some vitamins. Chelsea, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure. How are you? I'm feeling great. Oh, oh my God, God. <laughs> Chelsea is like such, when I tell you, like, you see her and you wouldn't think that her life is her life, and I'm realizing this is like legit everyone, you see someone and you think they have this certain type of life, and they surprise you and it's completely different. Chelsea, let's let's just dive into you. You grew up not in New York City, but you're currently here now. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Oh my uh, god, what's I, the I, population? Uh, <laughs>
1: it's, 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 not, <laughs> it's a small town compared to New York City, of course, but it's the third largest city
0: in Pennsylvania. Really? So it is a...
1: It is a, a City, a yep. small city.
0: Okay, it's a city nonetheless. Yeah. Compared to the other cities in PA, right. if it's like one of the higher populations. Yeah, but there's still Amish people. And so you have like Amish people
1: right next door. Um, not in Allentown proper, but where, where I went to college, there were tons of Amish people.
0: What the? What was that like? It was um. It, <laughs> it was like living with
1: two different cultures, like a culture oh. within a culture. So we kind of accepted them, and they did their own thing, and they were a part of our lives. But it wasn't. It, it wasn't
0: weird that's so interesting that like, you put it like that because my my whole mind went to the idea of amish and i'm just like the fact that you treated like literally it's just like as if you were around latinos it's mm-hmm. like a different culture so it's just like respect it keep it moving yeah that's so crazy i never even thought about it that way so then what else well, what else was allentown like what else did you guys have balls
1: um no i had it when i lived in allentown um before I moved to the city, I did have my house yeah. on my in the neighborhood with my garden and the yard and uh, the, the
0: husband and the cats and the oh my I gosh, mean, you had the driveway garage. Got yeah. it. You have like the all-American. Life. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's kind of dive into that a little bit. You mentioned that you know you had this kind of life that was set up a certain way, and when we were talking, you mentioned career because initially, when you know you're here now, you were living in PA, and I'm like, what brought you here? And you were like, oh, career, I got a job offer, and I'm like, that's incredible. So tell us a little bit about career because you were a teacher, right? Right. So you yeah. do that.
1: So I was a teacher in Allentown for 17 years, same school, same building, same subject,
0: English as a second language. Oh my gosh. And, um... 17 years? Yeah. Wow, so you saw so many different kids, like every year different, you you must have been around so many different kinds of people. Yeah, and I felt really lucky for that, I mean, I I know refugees from Sudan, and, uh i met
1: so many people from so many different countries and felt so lucky to um, be able to be part of their transition into yeah. American life or yeah. whatever the next chapter of their life is. Yeah. Uh, so that was super special, but it was also really stressful. Um, I can imagine. Yeah, taking that like, into my heart, like mm-hmm. everything, hearing, sitting with a boy who walked up from Guatemala and mm-hmm. hearing his story and hear him cry yeah. and then Having to turn around and be like, "Okay, everybody, open your book to page twenty-seven. We have to read uh, read today." Uh, so, which is more important, sitting with that kid or right. covering the curriculum? Exactly. Um, but but those stories really got in my heart, and, and the happy stories
0: too. Right. Um. That's crazy. I really, I really like. I'm um, stuck on the fact that you said that these people come up with such. Sad stories, and you—it seems to me that like you're a little bit of an impact because I am. Like the moment I hear a sad story, I'm like, oh my god. Like even if I'm at work and someone calls me, like, yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sad. Are you okay? Like I, I just completely like channel out like what I'm supposed to be doing there, and I, you know, that that emotional side of me comes out. But the fact that you knew that, you know, you had to, you, you're there to do a job essentially, so you had to kind of turn that off and, you know, let's get to the books. Like that, that I can imagine itself over time got a little draining, the constant switching in and out of, you know, your heart is telling you like, this is really sad, you know, help or listen to this person, but it's like, I have to work. Damn. Yeah,
1: that, that was, that was super challenging. And, yeah. and towards the end, um, before I left, I basically would only use the curriculum to do um, empathy work. Um, so we read the story and say, what can we take, How? let's talk about our lives in relation to this story, yeah. or what can we take back to our families that we learned from this story. I, I tried to just incorporate that because teaching the human side, teaching the soul side of these beings that I got the pleasure of being around was way more important than covering the curriculum for me, exactly. but not for the school and the state test. Yeah, and I was just about to ask you, like, how, <laughs>
0: what, like how was that start? Was that starting to become an issue with you know the the school curriculum? Because I, you know, I'm not too knowledgeable of the education system in reference to like you know being a teacher. But to my knowledge and understanding, a lot has changed in in the years of teaching and how the curriculum is. I feel like now it's more strict it's like you have to follow these guidelines and there's no flexibility i remember having teachers that would get flexible flexible with the curriculum and they would you know kind of make it about let's say basketball and we'll talk we'll do math through basketball it was like i i don't feel like that's happening that much anymore which is scary because i don't know why I feel like that's what fuels people to be creative. So how is that for you to know that you can kind of tell that the system is kind of changing and you have to stick to it? Horrible.
1: Oh. It then, was horrible. Yeah, it was really challenging yeah. um, because the, the curriculum wasn't as important to me as as fostering um, healthy human beings. Right. That was way more important. And is that why you
0: got into teaching? Yeah, yeah.
1: I I wanted. Yeah, I liked kids. I wanted to be around kids. Yeah. Um, So, what could I do that I could help kids and got uh, you have a secure job.
0: And that's what landed you there. And I'm glad you said that the secure job because that's definitely the biggest part that messes us up because it's. Everything you just said was like a checklist that you were like alright I need something that I can like, work with children because I like working with children and I get to educate, I get to educate them and it's secure and it's like boom. It's like you're checking off until you now are down to what's going to give you all of those things. And then I always realize that with that comes some level of sacrifice because it's like hey you want all these things but on the other side there's this. But um. So now you're here, you're in New York, you were doing, you were teaching 17 years there and so what brought you here to New York? Well, so this year i like to
1: say I uh, moved out of my house, divorced my husband, quit my job and moved to the city. Wow. Was so much fun.
0: But you were offered a job here as well. I was. So
1: um, when I moved here, the first school that I interviewed with um offered me a position, right. um, a great salary, right. um, and I accepted it. Yeah. Uh, but then as actually a week before school started, yeah. I I turned it down. I I couldn't I wasn't ready to go back
0: so just to get some clarification you said that you you came here you left PA because of everything that was happening there with your relationship and you wanted to you know change so you came here without initially having the job you then started applying here got it
1: because I thought if I'm doing this major upheaval in my life quitting my job moving out of my house am I gonna stay in Pennsylvania and mess around there no I always wanted to live in the city so let's just try it and if it doesn't work out I can back but if this is what I always wanted I'm at a time in my life where I have to try it and I
0: feel you and what makes you feel like you know what you just said you're at a time in your life where you have to what what time is this I I didn't have a job I didn't have anywhere to live so I had
1: to uh I didn't have a relationship so it was the perfect time to to, to start you yeah, yeah. fresh sleep. I got you. Nothing was holding me back. I have no excuse to be held back.
0: Got it. Cause sometimes some people feel like, well, I can't because like let's say you have kids or you know whatever the something is tying you to your current situation and you had none of that. So you took a leap of faith, you came here to New York, you applied for the job, and then a week before, <laughs> what happened in <laughs> your mind? Sarah's a little triggered or <laughs>
1: back into the classroom. I, I wasn't ready to, to open my heart up to that again. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't confident that the building that I was going to be working in was emotionally safe. Yeah, And I, I thought back and thought this was the first place. I don't know anything about the New York City school system. This was mm-hmm. the first place that offered me a job. Yes. So why don't I take a step back and learn a little bit more about the schools here. Yes. Um, and, and smart.
0: smart, find one that might be a better fit for right? you. That's, that's really, that's that's such a logical thing to do, you weren't, and you know what's so funny, because you actually, I don't know if it's a New York thing, but sometimes it's like, you get offered the first thing, and you go for it, and then you realize, oh my God, I should have done more research. I've been there plenty of times, where it's like, I applied a job, hey, they accepted me, yay, show up, and it's like, oh my God, what am I doing? So it is very, very smart in a way to, to take your time with it. And so in the meantime, what have you been doing? Because like I said, I met you right. on a set. So how did that
1: happen? Right. <laughs> so I like to say, you know, when people like accidentally have sex, and they're like, one thing led to another. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> <not true. laughs> Anyone <laughs> knows? Yeah, so I came to the city, and one thing led to another. And I started doing this gig work. Um, so I was doing something called uh, Brand Ambassador, which is like people who give out free samples of lotion in the park or something, to yeah. try to get you to buy their lotion. Yeah. And I loved that because I got to see different places in the city, because mm. uh, I was new and I didn't know, you know, hadn't been around. Yeah. I got to talk to people because yeah. I didn't have any friends and I had money in my pocket. There you go. Um, and so then from that... Um, I was uh, networking with people mm-hmm. and I found out about background acting. Yes. And uh, same thing, it's so much fun. I get to go to places in New York I've yes. never been before. Yes, and yes. I want TV sets, which I never would, would have thought it. Yes. And people and food and fun. Yeah. And so I am just, I'm enjoying every single second
0: of me. That's so awesome. And you found a way to take these little things, like these little, like, pots of plants that you're like like growing you're watering each little pot and it's just like hey you're gonna create a little garden with all these little things you you know you don't know what's gonna come out of that and when i saw you on set you know you seem so vibrant and when, I, when we left i said girl i saw you talking to all the guys <laughs> you know, talking to that yeah, you turned around and then you know the other one i'm like girl you're so social like look at you i would have never thought that you never grew up in new york you just came off like a new yorker like just a little bit of a the hipster ones you know i was like oh she's a little hipster And then to find out you weren't from here, do you feel like when you were in PA, you didn't necessarily always fit in PA? Because what made you want to come in here? Because New York is different and you fit in. Pretty good. And
1: now that I'm here I really see that. But yes. uh, this is more I, I the people I've met are just amazing. It's more like the peop, kind of people I vibe with. It's more yeah. my I can relax here. It's more more where my heart is. I don't have to pretend. Everybody's doing something fun and yes. interesting yes. and everyone has a story. Yes. I'm not the only one who like I like to walk to the grocery store yeah. and people would be like,
0: Do you need a ride? I a little love thing that. like that is that makes it darker. And it makes a difference now for you. Oh, totally. That is so crazy. Mm-hmm. So the career change is a big career change. Now you're here in New York. You're trying different things out. You're getting to know yourself as you do them. Because I can imagine Brand Ambassador really forces you out of your comfort zone. Because you really have to sell something at the same time. Yeah,
1: and uh, so that's really brought out the extrovert in me. I would have told you I was an introvert 100%. I never would have told you I was an extrovert. But being out there and talking to people and just having uh,
0: flashes
1: of an interaction with with another person is so much fun.
0: It is. I'm not going to lie to you. It definitely is. There's times that like if I think about it, let's say if I were to book this job that you're talking about, Brand Ambassador, in the morning I wake up, I'm like, what the fuck did I sign up for? Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend the entire morning anxious about the fact that possibly might have to interact with someone and not know how to react or you know the, just the constant like the social aspect and then once you get out there and you really experience people and realize that people can really just be so connectable and, and they want to create yeah. a positive experience with you you're like wow people really are not all that bad the world really makes people seem like such you know a scary thing like you shouldn't interact with other people granted things have happened in your life, it can lead to you to feel that way. So let's talk a little bit about the other aspect of it that got you here. You said that you you ended a relationship, and, and a long one, yes. which is what you mentioned to me on the train. Tell a little bit, a little bit about it to the listeners. Sure. So uh, I had
1: been with my ex-husband for uh, 13 years, and yes. we were married for seven. Not, not
0: a boyfriend, guys. ex Husband, oh papers were signed. This <laughs> 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 is legit. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and it, it, when we first
1: got together, my life there was a lot of turmoil in my life. There was a lot of stuff going on, and I was basically like, "You, urine." Okay, yeah. so that that's taken care of. We talk about checking boxes. Yeah. A lot of my box was taken care. of. Checked off. I didn't god. have to worry about that with wow. all the mess that was going on in my life. I
0: feel
1: you. So then mess just kept continuing, 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 Mm -hmm. and by the time all that dust settled, um, it was maybe two years before I left him, uh, I I was looking at him and I was like, oh, now what do I do? (laughs) Because I'm stuck with this guy. Oh my God. So I tried to make it work when we went in therapy and it just, I i had grown so much in a different direction. I had started going to church, I was doing lots of positive things in my life, right. continuing my education yeah. and he was flatlining and even like drinking more and yeah. just getting more self-destructive ah. and uh, I didn't want, I, you, after everything
0: that I've been through, I couldn't stay in that I you. sad situation. So oh my God. I connect with that. I really do. I have been in situations where you notice that you are progressing. And you don't want to be a fucked up person and say, you know, if you're not going to progress with me, you're going to... But literally, it's like, it, it, it's, it's like kind of the law of life. How can you move forward if you have like a shackle to your foot? It's only going to pull you back. And if this is your significant other, they're not going anywhere. So you have to either make them go somewhere. So that is a really big decision that you made. And it's crazy that you said it was two years ago, essentially, when, like, when you decided that you were with him for 17. So you must have done a lot of growing mm-hmm. that, that when it came to that time that you noticed, it was like you were literally... So far ahead of him, there was, it was—it was almost like he. That's why you guys couldn't fix it because there was no way for him to catch up for seven, like fifteen years of work that you were doing. Yeah, but you didn't. It was subconscious. I don't think he even realized it was happening.
1: Yeah, that—that that sounds totally, totally that's true. Crazy.
0: I'm so mindfucked. Dude. This whole thing always so like, wow. Cause to, be, I, uh, to me, I have this idea of what relationship is. And I think, like, oh, you're supposed to, once you're with someone, you're just supposed to be with them for a long time. And you realize that things can happen even over a course of a long time. You might meet this person, they're great in the beginning, and then after 10, 15 years, it's not working anymore. And that's like, what? So you mean to tell me, like, things are, might be temporary? Yeah, but then you can be thankful that you at least had
1: those 10 good years and the time together and now, right. like, that, that. You can't be 20 again, right. so it, maybe your 20s were great, but that time is over. Right. So now you have to move on to your 30s and, and enjoy that time and see what that brings.
0: Whew. And that is definitely the truth, And I, I, you know, I think everyone kind of goes through that moment where it feels devastating and, like, life is over. But everyone always says, like, at the death of something, something even greater comes out of that. So I don't a lot of, like you said like I never imagined I'd be on a set like you you're, you're you're you just birthed a whole new Chelsea yeah you never thought this would be a Chelsea and this is a Chelsea yeah a Chelsea back in Allentown would have been like me in New York doing background talking to all these people <laughs> me yeah and that's so crazy and that's the beauty of it all where I realize you just re, you're reborn like through different chapters and series of your life so. What what about what about the relationship didn't wasn't serving you anymore? You said he was drinking a lot and all stuff like that, but you also mentioned mentioned to me that he was like a house plant in your life. (laughs) He was like a couch, just he was just there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he
1: was, but I but so literally where I would talk to him and he wouldn't respond. Like I would you know how was your day and just no words would come out of his mouth and I would be like mine. Like a human, like your wife is talking to you, yeah. and you say something back. And um, when I would, you know, when stuff like that would happen, eventually he would say, "Well, I just didn't know what to say." I'm like, and then I would give him examples, and he would get them mad. What? Um, so that was really weird. Um, but the same thing, like uh, his one of his jobs was to cut the grass. And he didn't do that, so I um, dug out all the grass and put a garden in. <laughs> I was like, well, if you can't do it, I'm gonna figure out a way to to have stuff done. He just didn't give anything back to me. He didn't give it back to me emotionally. He didn't get it back to me. If I would cook, he wouldn't even eat it because he didn't like. He had his, he had his own issues about eating, but like he wouldn't even. Give me the respect of eating the food that I made for the right. for the household.
0: Because yeah. he gave me nothing. Well, no. girl, one thing I will say is, luckily, you did not end up pregnant during that time yeah. because things would be completely different. Right it it could have been worse, essentially. You know, oh, yeah. thank God that it wasn't like that. But so now you're single. Yeah. You are in New York, <laughs> and you are you're you know you're not in your twenties anymore. What is Dating, like for you now. Now I have a marriage and you're in a different city and, girl, what? <laughs> Tell me. So it's it. I can only take it
1: light heartedly. It's
0: hilarious. I know. I saw this thing's on both posted, I'm just like, oh my god, these dates are different. Yeah, they they they're really
1: not successful, and I'm to say. Yeah. Um, but they're fun and funny and mm-hmm. and growth points. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like,
0: um, they're, it's almost like... You are dating now and you kind of i'm sure you know kind of what you want and you do not want in a relationship so i know that before when we would date like and I, and I say like as if i was your age but but like when when i was dating a lot younger it was kind of like hey, you know whatever like you know but now it's like i don't want to talk to you anymore mm-hmm. if i already see like a red flag or so you know i can tell you a little i don't want to talk to you i'm not going to entertain you and wait and see like no i saw enough so I definitely feel like I noticed that the older you do become, the less you tolerate you know, crap from, from anyone, even yeah. from anyone you meet, it's just like no, you speak up more and definitely I've been noticing that. The more you grow into yourself, the more comfortable you become, you advocate for yourself more. And you definitely advocated for yourself when you left that man in PA sitting at Allentown. Yeah. You advocated for yourself. How did your family
1: feel out of curiosity? They were super supportive, awesome. um, which is okay, great. God. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, my dad said that uh, about ex husband that one day he was there and then he never left. And I was yes. like, yeah, that's a really good <laughs> thing, dad. You got <laughs> it. <laughs> you got it. It explains how it happened. So everyone was really supportive and everyone just wants me to be happy. The same with the move here. They were nervous about me moving, you know, the little girl moving to the city, yeah. um, but it, really happy for me. Got it.
0: That's good because having support from the family is like it's not essential. You can survive without it. Cause some people have had parents like no, no, no. And they still do it, but it's nice to have your parents, you know, back you up. Because I know there's a lot of families who feel like, hey, why are you not following the structure? You had a man, you had a husband, you had a house, you had a job. Like why would you do that? So it's nice to know that your parents are super supportive. Have they been to New York City? Have they seen it here? I, I, I don't know if my
1: dad's ever been here. He had to maybe when he was younger, but yeah.
0: definitely not now. Mind you, I want you guys to know, Chelsea hasn't been here that long. Oh, she, May. May. She's been here since May of 2019, guys. <laughs> not 2018. 2019. And she, like I said, she fits in like she's, like she's been here for years and it's amazing and it's like wow like people cuz it honestly a lot of times when people leave to a different place they're afraid and they don't feel like they fit in but I feel like you definitely chose a place that aligned with Chelsea so girl thank, thank you you're hey. 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 Good <laughs> awesome so um let's talk just a little bit now about what you foresee for yourself in the future like what what, what do you what do you when you think about where am I going in sense of direction are you seriously just like here and now or do you foresee anything like that you would like to do in the future
1: no what you said the first time I, I'm not thinking long-term future right now I'm enjoying this moment so much mm-hmm. and um I, I feel like there's an element of irresponsibility that I have right now even though like, I don't like I'm paying my bills yeah but, um I have a job. I yeah. have an apartment. Yeah. Uh, but it's just not the structure that I had before. God. Uh, it. It's not the ha- It's not the perfect house.
0: It's not the, the
1: union job. It's yes. not the husband. Yes. So I'm enjoying this um, play that I have in my life right yes. now. Uh, so until that doesn't serve me anymore, um, I'm just gonna keep enjoying it.
0: I love that. And and, and tell me tell me a little bit about. Um, that living in the present versus living long term because when you were married i'm sure you thought long term and life long term and now you have a different lifestyle where you're so present what what is the biggest things you notice about being present versus you know foreseeing your life in the future that's beautiful uh right right now basically every experience i have i'm
1: happy about um, And maybe it is because it's. I'm really taking really tiny moments of my life yeah. and uh, putting all my energy into that, and not mm-hmm. worrying about. Well, I remember before I moved out of my house, I really wanted to buy a new couch, and I was mm-hmm. shopping for couches and what's the appropriate amount of money to pay for a couch. Now, do I care about
0: a couch? Absolutely not. It's not so crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, way happier now. Yeah, and it's kind of like you when you're at this point now, where you're at now, you look back at these these moments and you're like, why would I think that these things were so pivotal, so big, these decisions? Because you realize what actually really matters. And I think a lot of times people have a hard time living in the present because there's so many things. And it's funny because you're in New York and New York is definitely the place where there's so many things happening and people are like, it's so hard for you to actually really be in the moment, you know? So it's funny that you I think the reason why you get to enjoy New York in a different way compared to us who have been here is you come with a little bit of a slower pace of PA, but then you bring it here to New York on top of the fact that you're on a different chapter of your life and combine it all together and you're like, yo, every moment is super amazing. That's honestly it it really is I really honestly feel like you deserve this time because you spent so much time not doing it that that's why it came into like so much abundance and it's like no Chelsea deserves this time so that's so incredible and I'm so happy for you for real and like I said I met Chelsea on a set and I'm (laughs) like over here like girl (laughs) you got this you got your life get your life and it's honestly so I end the podcast with you know, a question that I ask you, and you just pretty much, it's usually like three answers to the question, and what I have for you that I feel like a lot of people can benefit from hearing from, especially because a lot of millennials listen to my podcast, people who are in their 20s, so I kind of, since you're, you know, past that time now, I don't want to give out your age, because you never tell a woman's age, but she's, you know, she's a little older, and I want to know what three things that Chelsea now, today in this time, would tell Chelsea in her early 20s. Three things that you would tell yourself?
1: Sure, so the first thing that I thought of right away is stop dieting. This is what it is, it's not going to change. You are who you are, Who, who, are who are you trying to conform to, you are perfect the way you are. Oh my
0: god.
1: Forget it, you gotta no,
0: accept
1: it and Ooh. move on and that's, there's so much
0: brain space that's wasted on dieting that's really what it feels like it feels like it just it's a constant it, honestly really honestly what it feels like everyday I beat myself up for a problem that's not really a problem but I've convinced myself that it is a problem but to, yeah it's 100% <sighs> how it, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a problem it's not a problem that's, that's so crazy! Sorry. Stop dieting, your uh, oh,
1: Chelsea. Please, yeah. Oh but my
0: god! Take
1: that off the table. You're, you're smarter than that. You're yeah. more interesting than that. Yes. You're more well rounded than that, and that's what you're gonna put your focus on. Is dieting, so you can like fit into what it's, what the current society in America. What it says is attractive, which is which is a fallacy anyway. No exactly. way. <laughs> oh my God! you know, I just realized
0: that, and you also saying that. It's like for me being such an advocate of not conforming to t- today's like societal standards, and in a, in a certain degree, I am doing that by constantly chasing a, an image of myself that like maybe I had once when I was younger, and it's just like I have not ever let go of that image of myself, and it's like I felt like. Everyone accepted me more that way, and guys liked me more that way, mm-hmm. everything was more that way. So it's like you constantly chase that because you think that that's gonna give you the trophies, and it's just like the trophies is all inside. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, good. Easier said than done, but. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, definitely. Agreed. Yeah. What else would you tell younger Chelsea? Um, I think it would just be, um,.
1: To like relax and not overthink things, I I mm-hmm. could get into my head a lot yeah. and uh, ruminate and just you know play scenes over and over again in my head.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another one. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you would tell yourself not to overthink. Again, easier said than done. Mm-hmm. What what have you put into practice that's helped you with that? Um, I really like to do like um, positive
1: my brain patterns to stuff uh I don't my brain connecting yeah. to those negative thoughts. Let's push it over in a more creative way or just I love that rechange
0: this Yeah because I actually um my sister does puzzles a lot and I'm yeah. like girl like you do you do a lot of puzzles and I'm thinking like I can only imagine the focus that goes into that. but When you're done, you realize you literally did not overthink or talk negatively in your mind for a good hour or two. Which is a break because our mind is going so much rapidly. Usually, unfortunately, the conversation is very negative sometimes. It's like, what you should have done. Hey, you should be looking like this. Why aren't you doing this? You should have ate that. It's a constant spiral of overthinking. Reminding yourself that somehow you're not enough and what I've been hearing a lot of people women that I always speak to who are older than me They always tell me that it's like usually they love their 30s because it's kind of like you get the wisdom of your 20s And you still look you know, you're not 50 or 60 yet You still look good, but you have the wisdom that you kind of Established in your 20s and it's like the best time because you feel like you kind of really fully come into yourself I love that. Yeah. What else do you got for me? Um, I I
1: think along those same lines is just maybe be gentle with yourself and, and more forgiving. Yeah. Um, because yeah, your your twenties is just a shit show, train wreck. You are just trying to keep one foot in front of the other and yeah. figure yourself out, and it, and it will happen. Like yeah. that time will that time will pass and you'll be stronger. But be be gentle with yourself um, and a lot of self forgiveness.
0: I love that. I really love that. Wow, that really, that that last part, the self-forgiveness part, because I realized that a lot of times we waste time focusing on what, what we did wrong or focusing on the fact that we allowed something to happen. Just forgive yourself, because I'm going to waste more time thinking about what I should have I done during that time that I just didn't do.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I, next time, you know, leave it for next time. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's hard. It is. It really is. But thank you so much for being here. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you walked away from this podcast feeling more enlightened, more connected, and just more empowered. It is my mission to create a platform where people can create connection through conversation. I thank you so much for taking time. To listen to today's podcast and i do ask you to share it with anyone that you feel can benefit from a little vitamins for breakfast